Hello and welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. My name is Christian Duran, Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, Oh Dear Limited, and all subsidiaries there in four, which two. With me as always are my hosts, Nick Whitmer and Brett Raybould. I've noticed Christian <laughs> these days doesn't even because usually pre-show, and this is I'm giving the listeners of Oh Dear a little, little background, a little peek behind the showbiz curtain. Mm-hmm. Usually there's like a 10 second powwow pre-air where we go, all right, who wants to do the intro? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like two seconds and then like, you know, Wit or me or Chris, like, all right, I'll do it. Lately, Christian's kind of found his groove. <laughs> He's it's- like... This new, I, I'm, I'm not like this new form of being assertive. I think because you're like a dad or you're going to be a dad, you're like, I got to be like assertive and I don't wait. I just yeah. do. It's the only thing in my life that I do well. So I, I take pride in oh, doing wow. it. <laughs> I take pride in I'm introducing oh, the podcast is the only thing, not even yeah. being on it and telling Joe, just introducing the podcast. You're like, that's the one yeah. piece of my identity I can hold on to. Yeah, I was going to say Christian's like confident. That's why he takes over. Yeah. But then that, <laughs> the next day, it's like, a- Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, you can always you can always hear me lose confidence at confidence at the end when I'm like, hint for with which two. And uh, that I like that you don't have it memorized officially yet, so it (laughs) always has a slightly different tweak on the hair two four and in which dove. Yeah, if one of you guys just like did it, like if I was like, all right, three, two, one, and then Brett's like, all right, welcome to the OD, I'd be like, just fuming for the rest of the podcast, (laughs) quiet, no opinions on anything. (laughs) How you doing, Christian? Good, man. Good. I'm good. I'm talking about something really, really like compelling. And Christian, what do you think? Yeah, nothing. Not much of anything. So, uh, do you guys hear about the WWE and like all this stuff? What do you What do you think, Christian? I don't know. I don't care. I don't really have an opinion on it. Speaking of the WWE, and this is, mm-hmm. I mean, this is breaking news. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. the Miz is the new WWE champion. Christian. Yeah, the Miz, Miz, Mike Mizanin from the real world, New York. Good Um, for him. A lot of people remember. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? It's not like he's like just started wrestling. He's, but he's been the champion before. He's, uh, he was the champion like 10 years ago. Yeah, and he main evented WrestleMania uh, with John Cena. I thought you meant like a guy who was on the reality show like two months ago decided to start wrestling and then now he's the champion. I'm like, no. wow, the ratings must be terrible. <laughs> no, if you if you watched the, the real world at that time, you would know Mike. All right. Uh, because he was even doing the Miz character then. But anyway, he won the he won the championship. Real quick, let's talk Miz in a second, WWE, because I want to hear Christian just break it down for us. But this is just yeah. an idea that popped in my head, and I got to get it out before it goes away. And it's sort of related, but not really. WWE, I figured out the ultimate person they should have on their telecast as Who? a heel. Caitlyn mm. Jenner. I think Caitlyn Jenner, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't she be yeah. an amazing fucking heel? An amazing villain. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are all her, like, bitches. Uh, her, <laughs> yeah, she like grabs her crotch as like her move, like to like intimidate people. <laughs> she yeah, like, grabs her bigger... own crotch like and bucks at him. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> she gets mad about. Yeah, go ahead. Oh my god! I just laughed at myself. <laughs> That's the thing. That the thing is, she would never. They would never let her be a heel. Because it would be too like that's the thing about wrestling that sucks yeah. now is like <laughs> they would never let her be a heel now because it's too it's too hot for them. 
but she would be a great oh, yeah. one if she was just like, I'm a bigger man than all of you. <laughs> like whatever. And they're like, and they're like, Oh, you think you're a bigger man than me? And then she's like, excuse me, I'm a lady. <laughs> and then you're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Man. She's like, I would wrestle you, but men can't wrestle women. And you're like, all right. <laughs> She's like pulling into both. Like I, I, you know, I had a dick, but don't you dare say I had a dick. <laughs> yeah. She's playing both sides. Yeah. That would be the if heel there, move. If there, <laughs> if there was a trans person who just had n- like no dignity to even get close to doing something like that, it would definitely be Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Like, oh, oh, you yeah. know, Chaz Bono would never do that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, Chaz is like, I would. Dignity. I just want to live a quiet life and be, yeah. you know, yeah, dignity and just be the kind of person that I want to be. But yeah, if you, like, if, if, yeah, if Caitlyn Jenner, like, lost her job or, or, like, lost some money in, like, the stock market and she was like, <laughs> oh, shit, well, it's either wrestling or being poor. All right, let's do wrestling. <laughs> well, I mean, first off, we got to get Caitlyn Jenner in on GameStop. Second off, yeah. uh, <laughs> what a zeitgeisty sentence. We should be own with algorithm should love us for that. Um but what was um, the sentence? Okay, we got to get Caitlyn Jenner in on GameStop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, that's the thing about Caitlyn Jenner. She does it. She is not a woman or man. Hold on. This is a, her primary identification. Let me clarify: is as a famous person. She identifies first as a celebrity. That is most important to her. And I genuinely think, yeah, that like, what's the way to stay bonkers famous? Well, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it's just tied a little bit to. If I'm a woman, I get to be even crazier famous than I already am. And I'm already crazy famous. Am I offensive? <laughs> no, I think that's fine. I, when it comes to her, it's hard to be offensive. Um, you mean it's one hard thing not I, to I, be offensive? Two things I want to bring. Hard not to be offensive. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not uh, to get a boner, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm six years old. I'm, well, I'm thirteen, dude. I'm thir- I'm full bred thirteen year old. Man. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's okay. Um, one thing about re- two things about wrestling I want to say: Bad Bunny. There's a title in the WWE called the Twenty Four Seven championship that's defended 24 hours seven days a week it's basically kind of a joke championship so like you know there's one guy who wins it and then everybody is chasing him around because you can it's you know it's being contested at all times anywhere so Hmm. they'll have little vignettes where he's at like a circus or a carnival and then the clown has a referee next to him and pins him and then that person is the champion until like you know one of the yeah like one of the carnival barkers pins him and then as a champion and then the wrestler comes back and pins him so anyway they do this bit <laughs> they do it's this like bit that game so it's it's basically yeah. Ju- yeah it's basically just like it's the the showbiz title so like whenever they have like like the San Diego chicken will be there and then all of a sudden pin the champion the San Diego chicken is the champion oh my god so they just give it so they can do publicity with it yeah. So Bad Bunny was on is on has been on wrestling. Bad Bunny is like a huge uh, music star right now, biggest thing on Spotify apparently. So he won the twenty four seven championship. He's a big wrestling fan as well, and he uh, so they gave it to him because he was going to be on SNL this week, and he wore it 
while performing a song on SNL, which is like Vince McMahon, who you know is this fucking creaming himself. <laughs> and one of the one of the one of the big things and one of the problems with this is that Bad Bunny has sold the most merchandise of anybody this year in WWE, which is like uh oh. Which means it's like not even your stars are not as big as like somebody from the outside. It basically means like nobody cares about wrestling. Yeah. And when, also like, right. Your top star is not a wrestler. <laughs> your top star was on one program and did it as a kind of well, I don't know if it was a bit, but just did it because I mean like, it's a bit. Yeah. It's, it's a bit. That's but, how great would it be if like in the middle of his musical performance on live television on SNL like Keenan Thompson came out of nowhere and like speared him, and then like, <laughs> <But> you know, <laughs> it was so good. But you know, Vince McMahon wanted that. Like you know, WWE oh, was yeah. like calling Lauren Michaels, like, "Hey, Lauren, um, can we?" He's like, "My show is not a mockery, um, <laughs> please." <Yeah. laughs> um, and like two years ago, Colin Jost and Michael Che did a bit at WrestleMania, but they never talked about it. They didn't promote it on SNL, which, you know, to me, in my mind, I was like, WWE must have been so pissed that they like they didn't get any play out of them doing it. But one other right. sorry, one other thing I wanted to bring up is the way the Miz won the WWE championship. They have a thing called the money in the bank contract. So what the money in the bank contract is, is a ladder match where you win this uh, briefcase and in it is a contract to have a, a title match. For whatever championship or for the uh, WWE championship, anytime you want, whenever, right? So in, it's like a, it's like deal or no deal ish. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, basically, it's a title contract. You can have a match anytime, anywhere, whatever, and they have to do it. So here's the thing: the in the past, what the thing is is they somebody waits, especially a heel waits until whoever's champion has like a crazy hard match. And then like after they're beaten and bloodied and all this stuff, they go, all right, I want my t- title match right now. So the guy's already completely beaten. And then all you have to do is just like kick him once and then pin him, and you're Genius. the champion, which is pretty much how Miz won the championship this weekend, which I would just want Whitmer's thoughts on it <laughs> in terms of like other sports. Like imagine if like, you know, somebody won the Super Bowl and then Tom Brady goes, all right, now I get to challenge for the Super Bowl title <laughs> and you got to play me like just um, what's it called? Uh, what is that thing? Oh, not overtime. Over, overtime. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Overtime rules like fucking. <laughs> for the Super Bowl. Yeah, the team just gets out of a uh, four-quarter match and then Brady and the fucking team walks up and now you have to play me. <laughs> and and uh, the coin flip is like, though, like... Yeah, go yeah. ahead, wait. My bad. What I was going to say, like, that's like half Brady's Super Bowls, though, honestly. It's like <laughs> fucking... You get two good teams in the conference, they beat the shit out of each other, then they have to go play Brady the next week. But, yeah, um, it does feel that way. It's just way. so funny how, like, everything is a gimmick in wrestling it's so funny <laughs> it's just everything yeah. is like we're gonna put a, a thing in a suitcase you have to go get the suitcase so that you could and then of course the person uses it to be shitty he would never there'd be no interest in like if the miz guy had any dignity and was like no right. no i want to win this fair and square no that's terrible right. ratings we need but, it to be as gimmicky as possible <laughs> but that is the thing though like that is the uh that's the the psychology of it is that like if this was real why wouldn't you use it? Like, <laughs> right. If you're ostensibly trying to become world number one, you want right. to go, okay, three weeks from now, Tuesday night, eight. Yeah, minutes. exactly. 
you would go, this guy's on the altar about to get married and I'm going to challenge him. <laughs> yeah. Like at, right before he and his right. wife say, I do. I'm like, right now, bitch, we're wrestling right now. But here's the thing that like bothers me about wrestling that I wish would like be a little bit different. It's like so gimmicky that like nothing matters. In other words, right. Yeah. If there was a money in the bank contract, in UFC and you really like that, that was really a stipulation like, and Conor McGregor used it after like a brutal, brutal match. And he was like, I want my title championship right now. You have to do it. And they actually did it. And he, it was a legitimate fight and he won. People would be, people would hate Conor McGregor so much, like really. So like, I guess what I'm saying is like, it could be like a cool thing. Like if it was real, then it would be right. like he would actually be the biggest heel of all time to do that. But because wrestling is so is so gimmicked up and like fake and almost like it's just such a TV show in every other way that like you can't get those like real emotions out of people because they all know it's like, oh, it's all bullshit anyway. But yeah. do wrestling like I, fans yeah. know that? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course they, they know it's all staged and stuff, but my, I get, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what my point is. Like my point is, is if, if that, if Conor McGregor, like, you know, if, if, if you it go like, hey, story. if you're in wrestling and you go, Oh, you're a, pu-, you get on the mic, you go, you're a pussy. People are going to go like, Ooh, maybe, but not like, but they're going to go, well, I mean, those guys are acting, so who cares? But if Conor McGregor does it, to like a person even if you go like well he's promoting a fight at the same time you're still like holy shit this guy's a fucking asshole yeah i do wonder though like how much like i think wrestling fans know deep down it's fake but i think while they're watching it they're basically like suspend their disbelief and they just they think they don't necessarily think it's real but as they're watching it they're watching it as if it's real because like what, what happened with the undertaker like four years ago or something where like I just remember one day on Facebook, every wrestling fan was like complaining about what happened to the undertaker yeah. as if it was like a sporting event where the ref blew the call and like the, he won or lost or whatever. Right. And I was just thinking like, dude, it was in the script. Like, are you <laughs> mad at the writing of the show? Is this like, you don't like the end of how I met your mother or is right. this like, you think like a team got ripped off because of a bad penalty. So like, I just, I didn't really get the sense that people were upset with like, the choice in the writing as much as they were upset with what happened. So like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I think there are some wrestling fans, like maybe like 10 or 15% of them who are just like ride or die. Maybe they'll acknowledge that it's not real, but like they act as if it is real because that's what they love to do. And then the other wrestling fans are probably like, it's not real, but it's fun to watch and they kind of watch it. But I think like there is always going to be a suspension of belief while you're watching it. Because if you're watching it the entire time going, oh, this is fake, there's no way it's enjoyable. You can never, like, buy in. Mm. <clears throat> what are you going to say, Brett? No, I uh, I mean, it's like, or the wrestling fans, like, he got ripped off by them writing a story in which he got ripped off. <laughs> Does right. that make sense? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, bullshit that they orchestrated it for him to have that bullshit done upon him. Well, here's the thing. What you're referring to is the Undertaker streak. So, uh, all right, I'll try not to go too long on this. But uh, the Undertaker <laughs> Sponge, SpongeBob, SpongeBob, three hours later. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Undertaker started wrestling in 1991, right? 
So he's been at WrestleMania. Oh my God, for, Christian, that, so you're given, only thirty. Jesus. <laughs> so he's been he's been at every WrestleMania, give or take one or two, whatever. Mm-hmm. So every WrestleMania, he's won his match. He's been scripted to win his match, which is fine. Oh, wow. It didn't even, and but nobody really. It, it wasn't really a thing. They just like by the tenth one, they were like, "Hey, do you guys notice that the under we've scripted the Undertaker to win ten like every WrestleMania match?" They're like, "We did." Like, yeah, I mean, hey, what a coincidence. He's like, okay. So then they started using that in the storyline. Now people were like, Undertaker, you've been 10 to 0 at WrestleMania. I'm going to beat the streak this year. Mm. So then it just, once it became a storyline, part of the storyline, then it just kept going and kept going until he got to like, then the matches started kind of meaning stuff just because it's like, you know, he it's hasn't been. The year. It's lo- like whatever you want to say, his record is, his fi- <laughs> artificial record is still 10 and 0. Like or twenty and oh, so like if somebody beats him, then it's twenty one. It's whatever. So you don't go to to Tampa fanboy now. It's okay, buddy. So so they had this match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania thirty, and there was no the build up was like so nothing. It was a foregone conclusion that like this is just a ceremonial thing. He was just going to win and just expand expand the streak to like whatever, and then eventually someone some young newcomer that they really thought a lot of like a Roman Reigns or the next John Cena or whatever was going to come in maybe beat it and then he could be forever live off the the, the thing clout, the yeah. aura of being the guy who I just- beat the streak and I'm the new fucking head shit because I beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania when nobody else could blah 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 yeah so then all of a sudden just a random ass match a random WrestleMania match Brock Lesnar beats him and it was done in such a way that people were like it wasn't a particularly good match. It wasn't particularly exciting. He just beat him. So people were like, what the people were completely caught off guard and were like, what the fuck? It's like the red wedding in game of Thrones. It's like, you just didn't see it coming. And, but it was a very impactful thing. Storyline wise. I don't know about people. It, to the point where people were like, did the ref fuck up? <laughs> because <laughs> Brock Lesnar like, just take it into his own yeah. hands. And he is technically a, a Caucasian Hulk. Like, yeah, he could fuck a, up anyone. Exactly. It's a freak athlete. Like, if he wants to pin you, you're not going to be able to yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking, though. Like, do the wrestling ever take that into account? Because Brock Lesnar was a very successful MMA fighter. Yeah. Like, he's a guy who literally, yeah. like, he would uh, Andy, beat every wrestler. Like if there was a legit wrestling match, a legit one, there is not a single WWE wrestler who could beat Brock Lesnar in an no. actual legitimate. Dude, he like walked on to like the Denver Broncos at Minnesota like, Vikings. Yeah, he yeah, like Minnesota just Vikings. like on a Tuesday was like, I'm gonna go try out. I haven't really played yeah. football, but I was <laughs> yeah. built engineered in a lab by German scientists in the forties. <laughs> so <laughs> And he almost made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but that's the thing with Brock. And there's a really funny uh, example of that because he's wrestling this dude in a match. And you can see it where uh, where the guy's like sort of kicking him, like mm-hmm. kneeing him in the face. So mm-hmm. much, like, you know, and you're supposed to pre- what's called protect your opponent. So like they're not supposed to hit. Right. And I think like one of the I guess this guy was all jacked up and full of adrenaline and he's like doing the kicks. And I think one of them landed at Brock Lesnar. 
So Brock just like gets him in a thing and legit punches him in the face. And you can see, you can see the dude stumble and he goes, slow the fuck. He goes, slow the fuck down. (laughs) Dude, he's like, dude, he's like a grown man when you're like five and you could hit as much as you want and they just bounce off you. You're like, it doesn't, I don't, they don't register for him. Yeah. So, and you could see the dude, he gets wobbly in a way that's not, wrestling wobbly <laughs> yeah no it's like but, uh, it's like real not just like eight seconds of mortal Kombat finish him style wobbly yeah there's one where like brock Lesnar is so interesting because he's like legit and there's one in like 2000 where this guy was like what's called sandbagging it's basically like if somebody picks you up for a power bomb like they're letting you pick them up Mm-hmm. Real, like they're cooperating with you to get you can't just lift yeah. somebody like that if they don't want you to lift them yeah don't they like or grab punch. your legs or something yeah yeah they grab your legs and they kind of like lift you know use them. their abs yeah. and go up for you this dude just like i don't know what he was trying to do he's trying to make a point or trying to like make brock lesnar look bad but this dude just sandbagged him and didn't give him like help so he just like gate, he's just lifting dead weight. So Brock just like lifts him up because he's a freak athlete and just drops him on his head and just looks at him like, the fuck? <laughs> like, really? Idiot? <laughs> and I always laugh him out of the like, stadium. Was, <laughs> like, I remember like when I was, I forget, there was some wrestler who had like a special move where like he climbed like the turn rope or whatever the fuck it's called in the corner, the turnbuckle or something. Yeah. And like, he basically like suplex somebody off the top rope or something. But like, there's like, do you know how hard it would be to like, to carry an unwilling person up? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then hold them like upright and then jump off of a thing. Like, let's just say the person was a dead body, like weekend at Bernie's, you know how impossible it would be then? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, there's this wrestler called Cole Cabana where he was talking about, the, you guys have heard of the Royal rumble match. Yeah, it's basically one where it's like all free for all, like 20 people. There's 30, yeah, 30 entrants and like however many people in the ring. The, the objective is to, you know, throw your opponents over the top rope. And once you're over the top rope, both feet touch the ground, you're eliminated. And uh, once that happens, you know, whoever's left last standing wins, right? And they, this one wrestler said, we tried to have a legitimate one of those, like where we legitimately like – tried to have a battle like if you can actually legitimately throw somebody over the top rope and you win he said it was impossible he's like you don't he's like if somebody doesn't want to go over a top rope there's no way to make them <laughs> like unless you're brock lesnar <laughs> yeah so wait so what go back to the beat the streak and i want to pause real quick and yeah. it just makes me laugh to think about like one of our listeners of our podcast is my sister it just makes me laugh that like my sister kind of knows about wrestling now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's, just like, she's just an infectious disease doctor who has no interest in wrestling. She knows who The Rock is, but now she's like, you know, she knows who Roman Reigns is. She knows like like kind of like B roster level, C roster level stars are. So, so uh, Brock Lesnar, the freak, beats the Undertaker. Doesn't that feel like a waste of the, like the the Trump card? The like, because he was already huge. He's already Brock Lesnar. He's already like kind of one That's, of the most famous wrestlers, and it didn't like you don't boost his profile that much. That is that's the exact argument that a lot of people were pissed off about, 
And uh, that's the thing is like, people were like, dude, he's already legitimate. Like he's a super legitimate athlete. And he actually used that momentum to like have a pretty amazing year. But like, yeah, that's the argument people were making. He's like, why not give it to a new guy? And even Undertaker himself has come out and be like, why not give it to a new guy rather than a guy who's already super established? But that's again, with like when people were like upset about it, that's more than likely why they were upset. If I was a new guy, I would say I challenge both of you. It's very, it's very much like uh, in Game of Thrones when uh, I, I forgot the whole fucking show, but the girl who kills the Night King, Arya, yeah, Arya, yeah. People were like, "Why Arya killer? You should have been John. What the fuck's the point of that?" It's basically that kind of thing. I did. Got I it. mean, that, and by the way, that Game of Thrones was like this guy is unkillable unless you sneak up on him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, all right, I thought he was unkillable, but I guess if you're like kind of quiet and in a ninja outfit, <laughs> he's got no idea. Yeah, he can see all yeah. of time, but not you behind his left shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I still think like I still defend that in that season anyway because i thought that was cool because was Arya, cool. You know, yeah. like literally they set her up to be able to do something that like no one could really do like the whole like her whole arc was like going to that point my going to shifting the game of thrones and like i don't even know if we have to talk about it or not but i still argue that like i wasn't upset with what happened in the last season it was just in my opinion it was like completely unearned and it was like the execution of it. Like, I didn't care that Daenerys went crazy and did something terrible or like Arya was the one that killed the Night King, this, that, and the other. I didn't care that like with those things happening, like on in itself, it just, to me, the execution of it was just so, it was just rushed and lazy and they didn't, it was unearned completely. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was all it was, I think we've talked about it, but it was the directors had been hired by Disney to do star Wars and they were like, all right, let's just, uh, (laughs) how many hours of television do we have to fill? Okay. You have to fill six hours and 57 minutes. Okay. We wrote six hours and 57 minutes worth of television. Like they fucking hit like on a college essay, they hit the word count. They spaced out the margins (laughs) They like yeah. size instead of twelve font, it was like twelve point five, just to like juice it a little. And yeah. I, you know that was a year. I remember like that was like an era where people acted like Game of Thrones sucking the last season was like a form of oppression. Like 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 yeah. they, they went through an injustice by the show just kind of not being great. It's like it sucks, but it's fine. That's how most things are. Is it sucks, but it's fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I felt the same way. It was just on paper, all that stuff works, but then the way they did it, it was just, yeah, it's exactly like that. It's, it's like HBO was like, Hey, you guys, if you guys want to do two seasons, we're like, no, we'll do one. You sure? It seems like a yeah. lot to do in one season. No, we'll do one. <laughs> They're on the phone. That was the funniest, I just remember that was the funny story that leaked. Like, I don't know if it was the middle of this game of Thrones season or if it was like before it came out, but basically like the story was, is that like, oh, the, the last season of Game of Thrones is only eight episodes because HBO was bought out by AT&T and they made some decisions to like, you know, they wanted to make it eight episodes. <clears throat> and then HBO came out and like, they're like, 
No, we gave them whatever they wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why wouldn't HBO want another season (laughs) of the show everybody watches and talks about? HBO wouldn't be like, no, 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 guys, keep it short. Eight episodes. Listen, people don't have the attention span to watch the number one show on TV. (laughs) That they've been watching for five years. A worldwide phenomenon that has like 200 million people watch. That's so funny. I do think there's there are like some kind of weird uh, like corporate things in art and like entertainment that are like under discussed. Like I heard a rumor that the last Star Wars movie. So there's a point in the the movie where she's like, I need to reach out to all the Jedi of the past. And then like at the end, they all she hears the voices of them. And it's like Sam Jackson and basically everybody who's been in a Star Wars movie as a Jedi just mm-hmm. does her voice. And I read somewhere that like it was originally supposed to be actual like Sam Jackson and ghost people, but they took it out because in China for the Chinese markets in China, you can't have ghosts and shit because they don't, they don't like the idea of an afterlife. So they like took all that shit out. And I'm like, I would like, to me, that sounds totally true. But I wonder if, like, in ten years, that we're ever going to hear that story or not. I mean, it's a hundred percent that 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 is like that. That's these are the conspiracies that are real. Like, yeah. he's like, <laughs> you know, just people go. How much more money will it give our bottom line? Cool. We don't. Star Wars isn't really art. Star Wars is commerce. Like, it's it's yeah. like it's a it's a commercial commercial Goliath meant to be as commercial as possible. So that's why they make it yeah. the rating it is. And that's mm. why, you know, that's also why they uh, reduce, diminish the role of black characters because in China, uh, you know, Chinese people yeah. like, uh, have this, I mean, it's undeniable. like there's a general racism towards like, did we talk the poster of the movie, the American poster What's his name? John Boyega, the yeah. actor he plays. Uh, he's like a black yeah. stormtrooper, and uh, yeah, yeah. In the the Chinese poster for it, he's like, like he's like he's the like main character. There, he's so. like kind of in the corner, like you can kind of like you have yeah. to like have a magnifying glass to be like, oh shit, yeah, there he is. <laughs> he's like Waldo. He's yeah. like Waldo. You have to like look for him. <laughs> but they like made him, and that's he's one of the main characters of the movie. So it's not just like. Well, yeah, in the American one, he's one fourth of the poster, and the Chinese one, he's just kind of buried in the corner, and they lighten his skin up a little, and yada yada yada. They <laughs> lighten him up. Yeah, no, I, I totally believe that. That's um, so. It, yeah. it is crazy, and it's funny because Star Wars is, was never a big thing in like in China. They got it late, and then they never like caught on to the phenomena. It's been like. It's always been like a thing that we're like, eh, we don't really care about Star Wars here. But it just goes back. It's like weird because it's 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 like all about money, but at the same time, it's not about money because it's all about money in the sense that like they're like, hey, if we if we make Star Wars global and we market it to the Chinese, it's a huge market. And then all of a sudden, instead of the movie making like one billion dollars internationally, it makes four billion dollars internationally because the China market's so big. But at the same time, it's like, you don't, like, Disney doesn't need the money. They're not, like, go, they're not strong. Oh, Whitmer. Like, if you just, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, like, way more about domination than it is about money. 
You know what I mean? It's like Jeff Bezos is like, yeah. he's just like, he gets off on dominating. Like, he's like, okay, how can I dominate the grocery store business today? And he's like, oh, let's acquire Whole Foods and like make all of it online and we can just buy groceries and then deliver it. All right, now let's uh, move on to some other industry I can go dominate and turn upside down. It's like, it's all based off of like this weird domination aspect. And it's just like so antithetical to like, movies and art and like things like that it's so it's just to me it's just so silly yeah it, it would be funny uh if wit was <laughs> just at the disney boardroom for a day and he's like guys do we need all the money <laughs> they just do the dr <laughs> evil trap door on his fucking chair does uh, anyone else think it's not all about the money? <laughs> okay, are we good? <laughs> yeah, when it's all about the money with Disney. <laughs> it is only ever about the that's why Disney is not family. Disney is money. And family is the best way to make money because you can appeal to the Yeah, most but my point is my point is on that. It's my point is it's it's not like Disney is like, right. guys, if we don't make six billion on the next star wars movie we're packing it in we're done yeah like it, disney is fine it's if they didn't yeah. do any of the changes to the star wars movie and like didn't consider china to at all in the cut of the movie and the decisions yeah. in the movie the movie still would have been huge the parks would still sell out the like like nothing right. changed like that would not damage disney in any capacity at all so like it's about the money, but it's also like kind of not about the money. It's just kind of about like the global domination. I yeah, it, it's Disney makes choices like they need to maximize profit at every turn, as if yeah. they're about to go out of business within a few weeks. <laughs> and, and yeah, because it's fun. Yeah, the point is really valid. That it's, but that's like whoever the highest ups are at Disney, it's. Like it is a business, it is a commercial enterprise, and they are more about that rather than. And their commercial enterprise happens to be media. But if it turned out that the way Disney somehow could give make the most money is if they started selling oven mitts, like for whatever reason, like they would just be an oven mitt company. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right, entertainment is the path they have chosen to become the biggest entity and one of the biggest entities in the world, but. But they also sell napkins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they sell everything. That's, that's why it's fucking genius to have like beloved characters, and that's why they're. I mean, Disney's. Yeah. They just stole all their stories. I didn't know this. All those stories were written by some guy named like Christensen, like Hans Christensen. I I, I might just Hans be, Christian Anderson. Yeah. Is it that? Yeah, they just stole a bunch of public dom- yeah public domain fairy tales. But here's what's bullshit. <laughs> genius. It's genius. They fucking stole them. They made them a little more colorful. They took out a couple deaths and then they, I think they now own it. Like, I think that's the bullshit. I think they can, Little Mermaid was Hans Christian Andersen. So was like, there's Frozen, several others. And do they now own it? Do they now own the Little Mermaid? Because that before, that was just a fucking story from the 1600s in like Iceland or something. You can make, you can make a Little Mermaid movie if you want, but they own, you know, the car- Ariel and fucking Sebastian and uh, Under the Sea and all that shit. Fuck that it. you can't do. Let's make a let's make a hood version and let's call it the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> the Little Maid. Just like Jack Nicholson. 
it's like it's like Jack Nicholson said in uh, the Departed. He's like, I haven't needed the money since I took Archie's milk money in the third grade. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he just does it because it's fun. Like he enjoys it. That's real, Disney. <clears throat> real, real quick. Uh, at some point, you went to your mic went to AirPods. Oh, that's odd. Um, but. That's uh Disney is Disney's a motherfucker, man. And when we did a um when we did a play, eighth grade play, uh at the Catholic grade school I went to, and shout out Nativity Parish, go nights. Um, which by the way, I think they sent my parents like a hey, do you want to donate to fucking grade school? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> what do we do? Like I, I don't know yeah, to donate to my college, even if I'm a millionaire. Like, you think I'm going to go back and be like, this is where it all started for me. People who have connections to their grade school <laughs> teachers, I'm like, how? Who are – I don't even know who those motherfuckers yeah, are. I'm like, Mr. Gilbert. That's a weird thing. And plus, yeah, go ahead. if your grade school teacher remembers you, that's fucking really weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I was a child. How do you remember my stupid face? Yeah. So um, – I mean, but you always remember your first lay. But anyway, so. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. But anyway, uh, we had an eighth grade play, um, right? Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Yeah. No, eighth, no, no. Was, eighth grade play. And we could not name our eighth grade play. Even I knew this at the time. Uh, the play was Aladdin, but we couldn't call it that because of copyright reasons. Because Disney you told me about absolutely this. would have fucking shut us down. You think if we were doing a run of yeah. Aladdin, even just to 680 parents, they were going to be like, cool. No, Disney will sue a five-year-old for drawing Mickey Mouse without a copyright. <laughs> like, they, they will fucking murder anyone who touches their IP. If a seven-year-old wears a blue frozen dress, that seven-year-old has to pay a royalty. That's what they're going to do. They fucking don't <laughs> care. They're ruthless. Yeah, they. I mean, there's there's actually been like, there's been reports of that. Like, they shut down like high school plays and stuff, which is so it's funny. Like, it's like, who are you hurting in like Texarkana? It's the, yeah, yeah. It's, it, the play would have made what four hundred dollars off of concessions <laughs> and ticket sales to parents and a couple cousins. Like, yeah, like it's like, but that's where you're right, Wit. They sue them for the money from, huh? They're just protective of their image and they don't want some hacks trying to fucking yeah. <laughs> remake their fucking masterpiece. That's really funny. They're like, keep your money. We just want to <laughs> control the production design. This is awful. That's why <laughs> – that's funny. I'm convinced Disney even has like – you know, there's like Disney porn because, I mean, it's definitely a thing. And uh, I mean, mm. I'm not into it or whatever. But um, <laughs> but if you, you – know yeah, if you were interested, where would you find such things? <laughs> Uh, uh, let's talk about wrestling anyway so um <laughs> yeah no but also owned by disney yeah yeah exactly i'm convinced disney porn is also owned by disney i'm like because i mean porn exists for everything and, and famous characters that exist for i'm convinced that they have a shell corporation that is known mm -hmm. as like browsers and uh like they're disney how amazing would that be uh, it's true. It's this is real. This is completely certifiable. Like Roy Disney's, like we're getting in the porn business, guys. <laughs> yep. I mean, they do have like Touchstone Films, which is like their 
their way of making like, uh, you know, rated R films or whatever, like PG 13, even, um, that was always their like side brand. And like they bought Miramax so they could make like rated R movies without it being Disney. Right. And then, uh, there's a, a guy named Harvey Weinstein that they had to deal with. Um, right. Which is so funny that he was under the Disney banner for all those years. Um, yeah. <laughs> Something happened with my mic, by the way. It's just, I think it's just all playing on the yeah, AirPods now. And I don't, so if the quality, if you're listening and the quality sucks, I apologize. But um, I was, I thought it was interesting as I watched the documentary on Disney plus about the nightmare before Christmas, mm-hmm. which is um, a movie I'm, I, uh, I'm pretty well documented and just hating and also <laughs> hating t- Tim Burton See, like, hold on, real quick. I don't think you hate the movie as much as you hate the fans. I don't think you hate anything as much as you hate the fans of it. But like, they're like, in my opinion, I my joke about that that I say is like, I I didn't need to like that movie because I wasn't molested as a child. <laughs> because like, why would a child? Why would an innocent eight year old child need to watch something so fucking dark? Like it's so creepy and like why would that resonate in the imagination of a child unless they were fucked up in some way like i like like i don't get like like you're fucking nine like you like sandboxes and fucking play-doh and all of a sudden you're watching these gothic ass fucking creepy characters like it's fucking weird but i i watched a fucking documentary about the making of that movie and like tim burton tim burton didn't even do anything not really no his name yeah. is all over that movie. All he did was draw the characters. Yeah. Somebody else wrote it. Somebody else scored it. Somebody else directed it. Someone else like, did all the stop motion. It's like this guy named Henry Selleck. He was working on another project the whole time. He, but his oh. name like was plastered all over it because he was like the selling point. See, that's like, the way to do it is get everyone just like don't actually have to do it. Get all the credit. All the, I didn't know that wit. It, I didn't know. I just was yeah. like, uh, Tim Burton probably did everything because Tim Burton movie. There's no. a lot of that. There's a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like, if you're a producer on a movie, it basically just means you like showed up on set one day. Like, there's a lot of people that just get um, plugged in as producers or producer credits that don't do anything. Like, I know. Yeah. The Weinstein company asked Tarantino. They do. They had like this kung fu movie from you know Hong Kong or something, and they're like, "Hey, can we put your name on it?" Just say like Quentin Tarantino presents, you know, Fist of Fury or whatever it was, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess so." And then they just market it's Quentin Tarantino presents Fist of Fury, and I remember people like, "Oh, I'm going to see that new Quentin Tarantino movie." I was like, "It just means Quentin Tarantino presents. It doesn't." No, no, he directed yeah. this one. I'm like, no, he didn't. No, you're Dang stupid. It. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay. But his name will be on the cover of it. Like, yeah, exactly. That's that's what's so crazy though. It's so like I would have just I just I guess I always assumed that Tim Burton's first like film that broke him out as a star or whatever was Nightmare Before Christmas. No. But it wasn't. It was Pee Wee. Yeah, and, and I and guess Beetle the real Juice. one, like the real star one was like Batman. Yeah. But yeah, um Beetlejuice, yeah, that one too. But like, god damn, those fucking that movie sucks. Yeah, Tim Burton, let's be real. Tim Burton kind of sucks. This whole like he's great, he sucks. Like what what movie has he made that's actually fucking great? Uh Ed Wood's good. Um when he's like Never closer started. to reality, like Big Fish, Ed Wood and Okay, Big I- Fish is good. All right, I take it back. Never saw Big Fish or Big Ed Fish Wood. is really special. All right. Maybe I'll Ed give him a little credit. Good. 
Edward is good because it's like it, there's no like fantastical shit in it. It's just a black and white movie about Johnny Depp, who's the world's worst director ever. Who? Uh, oh, you're saying Ed Wood? Ed Wood. You I thought for it? some reason you were being like couldn't say Edward Scissorhands and like, <laughs> no. like you had like a speech. You were saying Edward Scissorhands, but you were abbreviating it to Edward. And I was like, okay, I mean, scissor hands. Like, no. That's what I call it. I was like, you know, I was like, does Christian, have I not noticed that Christian has like a pretty severe lisp with R's? (laughs) Yeah. How the fuck do you build an entire movie around the premise as someone with fucking scissors for hands? That's not 90 (laughs) minutes, dude. That's a sketch, maybe. (laughs) Well, he squeezed a lot of juice out of that orange. (laughs) Fucking stupid, dude. So dumb. He did the movie Dark Shadows, and I remember just watching it. Like, my family was like, they all wanted to go to church, and I was like, I'm not going to church. So they all went, and I just went to go to the movie, and I was like, all right, Dark Shadows, let me check this out. Tim Burton, all right, let's see what this is going on. Apparently, it was based off a show or whatever, but I watched it, and I was like, holy shit. Like, 20 minutes in, I'm like, this fucking movie sucks dick. Like, you ever seen a movie that's so bad you thought it was a sequel that you missed the first one? <laughs> I was like, I don't even understand what's happening. The um, the Was his Planet of the Apes movie as bad as, like, I remember that movie. Got, oh. I remember I saw that movie when it first came out when I was, like, 11 years old, and it was just, like, another, like, movie that we rented. And, and I don't remember hating it or liking it or anything, but, like, it's another Everybody pretty good movie. That movie. Was it good? It's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty, pretty good, good movie. I love it. Pretty why good. Do shit, why do people shit on that one? Because it's yeah. The ending is stupid. The the thing that they uh, shit on the and they shit on the ending because I remember when it was coming out, people were like, like they would do like uh, you know the press tour for it, like the ending's gonna be so fucking sick. And it makes sense, but it's just like kind of stupid. What was the ending of it? The Mark Wahlberg one, right? The Mark Wahlberg one. The yeah. ending is that in the original Planet of the Apes, um, you know, he he is enslaved by the apes and like, you know, proves whatever. He he ends up being friends with the apes kind of. And he's like, I'm leaving. He's like, don't go out there. It's crazy. So then he goes on the horseback and he sees the Statue of Liberty. So he thought he crash landed on the planet of apes, but really he was on he crash landed back on Earth in the future where apes had taken over. And he's like, oh, my God, it was Earth all along. And it's one of the greatest surprise endings in history. Right. And in this one, he he uh, goes back to Earth. Mark Wahlberg goes back to Earth from the Planet of the Apes, lands back on Earth, and then finds out, and then goes to Washington and sees that the uh, Lincoln Memorial, the big statue of Abraham Lincoln, is now a giant monkey. And then all the people come out of cop cars and stuff, and they're all monkeys. So he's on a planet. God Earth damn it, dude. When and he's on Earth, planet of Earth apes. like Yeah. In it's the, so the, stupid that, yeah. like, in a parallel universe, like, like apes took over, but then like there was a oh, there was an ape, Abe Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so stupid. Like, what sense it? would that play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a twist for twist's sake that yes. like yeah. doesn't really register. But they were like, you know, we can't just have him go back to Earth and he comes back into work and they're like, hey, what's up, Mark? How's your weekend? <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those like it's like the m night Shyamalan problem it was like when you make a twist as good as the sixth sense you got to follow it up with a better twist and then like the only way to make a, a better twist is to make it like absolutely stupid that doesn't make any sense like you know just because something is predictable doesn't mean it's bad it usually means it's a True. satisfying 
Uh, it's yeah. a sensical, logical conclusion. If it's just a fucking yeah. twist to be subvert your expectations without any meaning, then yeah, it's going to be surprising, but it's going to be stupid as shit. It's kind of that idea that like you want the great movies can have predictable endings in terms of like every Pixar movie. I could be like, you know, it had it's going to work out, and it's yeah. they're they're going to be happy in the end. That's pretty accurate. Right. But like it needs to be unpredictable how it gets to that relatively predictable, at least emotionally predictable ending. But mm-hmm. being a guy whose career has hinged off of like, I got gotcha, you like you didn't see that shit coming, did you? Like, I almost feel like he fucked himself. <laughs> I mean, he didn't fuck himself because he made it in the film industry, which is absurdly difficult to make it in. And he's worth 50 million dollars and he can make a movie tomorrow. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But he kind of fucked himself in terms of like, now it sucks to have a thing. Like he can't just tell another story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was listening, listening to Brian Cobbleman talk about M night. And he was basically saying like, M night's a genius. Like the guy is like on another level in terms of like his intelligence anyway. Like he's just a very smart person. But when you create something like the sixth sense, like Christian was saying, like you kind of have to outdo it. And not only that, like, when you're really smart, your ego can kind of take control. Like, that movie... Um, the Lady in the Water? Uh, Lady in the Water was a story that was based... He said that that movie was based off of a story that he made up, stream of consciousness, telling his children before bed. So M. Night Shyamalan is telling his kids a bedtime story and then goes, you know what, this could be a blockbuster, <laughs> and then just makes it into a movie. So, like, it's like... He's like, if you like, from what I understand, if you talk to M. Night Shyamalan, he's like absolutely brilliant and he's so smart, but like it almost is his undoing in a way where like now he's trying to outsmart himself and make something that out twists himself. And it's, it's kind of sad. I will say he still makes like, like, um, so one of the things I really want to see is the, the new movies that he made, the, the sequels to Unbreakable. I heard the third one sucks, but I heard the second one was good. But I also heard that in the true M. Night sense, they released a movie, like his name was like barely on it. And it turned out to be a surprise sequel to Unbreakable, which is like, yeah, that's like pretty cool. Like I didn't, I didn't know that until someone told me that I was like, why yeah. that movie was the sequel to Unbreakable? They're like, yeah, that's the twist. I go, oh shit. And then they that's made a- Mr. Glass, which apparently sucked, but yeah, it wasn't uh, good. I didn't see any of them. So I don't know for sure. But like Unbreakable was great. The Sixth Sense was great. I like Signs. I thought Signs was cool. Um, He's great at like there's he's really, really good at tone and like setting it. Signs is an amazing movie as far as like tone and like and suspense and stuff. He's really good at atmosphere. Um, Unbreakable is amazing at atmosphere. But one thing I did want to bring up in Lady in the Water, the funny thing when I watched it, I almost like fucking threw up was that uh, in the movie. There, the movie is about uh, this lady, this like mermaid woman played by Bryce Dallas Howard, who has to find this writer who's going to write the greatest story ever or something. And uh, the main villain is like a critic <laughs> who wants to like <laughs> shit on the writers, the writer who's going to write the most amazing story that's going to change the world. And guess who plays uh, the writer? Paul uh, Giamatti? No, no, I'm, I'm going to guess. Oh, uh, M. Night does? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. M. Night yeah. cast himself as the writer who's going to write something that changes the world. 
and uh, the critic gets killed by like these werewolf things. Yeah. And it's like dude. it was named Roger Ebert. Uh, <laughs> so so the idea that he wrote, he's like, I told my so two things. The one that he had the arrogance to be like, oh, this is gonna be this like random child's thing I tell my children at night is gonna be a huge blockbuster because I made it is arrogant enough. But the fact that he told his kids at night a story about how he's the fucking best writer in the world who's gonna write it. It's like what a complete asshole. Oh my god. Because hey. <laughs> I never, I didn't even catch that until. Okay, you kids. Uh, once upon a time, there was a genius, and <laughs> his so- name was N Day. <laughs> uh, Malaman, <laughs> and no one could handle how genius he was because they were all <laughs> jealous of him. And, and the stupid kids didn't even get it. <laughs> And his agent was a fucking non-entity. He didn't fucking help him at all. And, like, he hasn't even gotten an Oscar yet, which is bullshit. Um, so, yeah, anyway, there's a lady in the water, too. But most of the genius. <laughs> Sometimes, based oh, on recital, you can kind of be like, I'm out. Lady in the water, I'm out. You know, wake me up when she gets out of it. <laughs> <laughs> did, you see did we ever talk about that did we ever talk about that last airbender or not sorry the, the after earth thing uh no i mean both of those were pretty big disasters well after earth was like the funniest like hollywood one of the there's a whole book written about it now um, that i've been meaning to get and read but it's about like the the air like will smith and like m night and these guys like they basically were like, After Earth is going to be like out. the next Avatar. Like, we're going to create this world where people are fascinated with the world. And, like, we're going to be able to, like, make spinoff after spinoff based off this world. And in, and then we're going to be able to sell all the toys. Then we're going to be able to open up a theme park of the world that people are going to visit. Because this is – and they, like, basically <laughs> almost like um, – was it the Family Guy episode where, like, Brian created this whole world uh, to try to, like – get J.R.R. Martin or whatever the fuck his name is, the, the guy from Lord of the Rings to like buy it and sell it. You're basically like, they create this whole world with all- You just combine George R.R. Martin and J.R. Tolkien's names. Yeah, yeah whatever. Well, <laughs> same go guy. On. Yeah, but go on, go on. sorry. It doesn't yeah. matter. Same, same guy, same guy. Kinda, yeah. Um, yeah go on. <laughs> anyway, it was just like this, like the expectations of this movie were in, and I think it came out in like the Sony hacks, like all of the, the uh, the, the, talks around it and there was this build up and then it was after earth and it came out and <laughs> not only did it flop but it was like by all accounts i didn't see it but it was fucking terrible and everybody mm. hated it and it didn't matter it's just like I, holly go ahead i looked it up as you were talking it didn't matter that it flopped and sucked it still made 250 million off a 130 million dollar budget which kind of makes you think yeah. you just needed to some movies, their story is it was so good, people talked about it and people kept seeing it. And that was one where it was like M. Night, Will Smith, and sci-fi. And that was enough to get like uh, a hundred, like 25 million people to take a chance on it. And it made 250 million in its opening weekend and then zero dollars after. Yeah, but that's the thing though. It's like financially it wasn't a loss, but like with the expectations that they created, 
in all of the spinoffs and all of the worlds and all of the merchandising right. and all of the parks. Like none of that shit happened at all. And I think also that what makes the story more interesting is um, I think if I, my memory serves me correctly, um, I think Will Smith turned down Django Unchained to be to create this, and because he thought that this would have been like basically like his license to print money, like he was, yeah, he was going to be George Lucas of this whole world. Well, and he turned down Django to do After Earth. I would tell Will Smith, you also currently don't have to work ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not, you're, you're there. You're there. You've been in 15 yeah. blockbusters. Even if you have a shit agent who gets you terrible deals, you still got, like, you still got there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, anybody who wants to be the next George Lucas. Like, if you try to be the George Lucas, George Lucas wasn't trying to be George Lucas. He just wanted to make a fun kids movie. Like, if yeah. you go with, like, all right. Let's get the theme parks ready, and and then we'll write a movie. Like <laughs> that's not the way you go. Yeah, that like George Lucas wasn't designing <laughs> a wing at Disney for his fucking. But it right. sucks a little. I mean, everybody only can only get maybe a chance to make something big or that really affects pop culture or whatever. But like, man. Even he kind of like, did he do anything other than Star Wars? Like, why didn't he make a bunch of, like, a couple rom-coms? Why didn't he make a Dude. horror movie? Isn't he supposed to be, he like... He did Indiana this... Jones, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, okay. I guess... Did he do uh, Indiana Jones? I'm just like, you know, you have yeah, that he... much money. You're split, like, all his film buddies were like, he was the most talented among us. When it, That class that was, like, yeah. Spielberg and, like, him. The and, New Wave. Yeah, whoever those guys are. It was, like, Coppola. this... Coppola, yeah. Coppola, Scorsese, and all the, they're all friends. And it's it's one of those things like Coppola said that like Star Wars robbed America of one of its greatest like filmmakers. They they always said he was like the most like interesting, like uh, you know, um artistic avant-garde of them all. And uh he he said he did a screening for all of them, like Scorsese and Brian De Palma. Coppola and Steven Spielberg and he, he said they all shit on it like <laughs> he was like they're all like this is stupid because it didn't have effects it didn't have special effects yet and they're all like this all right. is fucking dumb as shit why'd you what are you doing and Spielberg was the only one who's like this is going to be the biggest hit of all time and uh, wow. he's the only one who saw it but um it's interesting but yeah it's uh, it, to start from that point to be like I'm going to make toys um is, is just that must crazy. have been good to just go like in your face, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then he didn't really make anything else. Oh, you guys need some money for your uh, art pictures? <laughs> oh, really, Scorsese? You want some? <laughs> you want a couple of dimes to make Last Temptation of Christ? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my uh, to quote a Gary Goldman line. Yeah, two million dollars is my fast cash setting at the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great Gary Goldman line. That's uh, an amazing line. Yeah. Um, did you guys see the the Super Bowl trailer for M Night Shyamalan's next movie? It's just called no. Old. <laughs> it's just called Old. So it's basically like a oh people- wait, I did I did see a weird trailer for that movie called Old. Yeah, it's people at a beach was- and then like they start getting yeah. old. For some we're reason, talking about, yeah, that could be. We're talking about huh? that. We're joking about that in the group chat. I think. How like, I, I need to watch the trailer again because I remember watching the trailer. I instantly had like four or five like, this is so fucking dumb thoughts. 
But now I'm like so far removed from that trailer because of the trauma I experienced. Um, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I would like for Wit to go to a trauma like survivors like meeting, and it's a lot of people have been through fucking like war or sexual assault, and then Whitmer is like Tom Brady yeah. won a seventh Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> people near-death experiences and he's like it just it fucking sucked watching him win again and his perfect jawline but you're saying when that you're you're i just remember maybe i should i should watch the trailer again and maybe we should talk about it next week because i distinctly remember us riffing about it and like we all said a lot of funny shit about how like stupid this movie looked and it's like completely gone from my mind uh, but yeah. I just remember thinking something along the lines of like, like, oh, it's about age and how you can't escape time. Cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just such a like, it's like on such a nose. like dumb guy, smart guy thing. You know what I mean? Dude, did you see, I posted this on my Instagram story, Jared Leto's new Joker picture. Is yeah. Jared Leto as the Joker wearing a crown of thorns with his like hands up? And I, I just, it's for Zack Snyder's new fucking Justice League thing. And uh, I posted it on the story. He's like, geez, geez, Zach, do you think people will get it or is it too subtle? <laughs> like, <laughs> you fucking on the nose idiot. Wait, 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 wait. That's what that image I've seen online is. I, cause it looks like Jesus. Yes. That's and the I couldn't tell, like, the face is obscured and joker as a jesus there's also one scene in man of steel also directed by Zack snyder where superman goes to church and he's like what should i do should i sacrifice myself and like over his shoulder is like a stained glass window of jesus like doing that oh my god he's in the frame where he has a halo but he steps away and it was uh stained glass behind him yeah he's just like that's like a fucking like 16 like 18 year old like freshman in college i just figured out what metaphors are like (laughs) like there's one this dude liam he had like seven great quotes that i carry with me we were talking about this one kid in our writing class and who would like basically ripped off t.s Eliot's like the wasteland and like his but we had to do poems or something so he just essentially ripped off like a complete thing and we're all in our notes we're like hey this kind of seems like t.s Eliot's like the wasteland Um, it's very similar you were obviously inspired. And then we were talking about him afterwards, like separately. And uh, I was like, what do you think about that? And he goes, yeah, I don't know. He's just one of those guys that found art too late. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's such a, that's ex- every time I see something like that, I think of that. He's like, he's just one of those guys that found art too late. God, that's yeah. so, I like, would love it taste like work form. You love the what? I wanted to make a spoof movie of like the the Superman scene, and I'll like almost like pause the movie and have the director come out and like go, huh? see and see, <laughs> see what I'm going for? He's <laughs> like fucking like Madden, like you know when they're going over a play and they like circle Sharpie like yeah. on screen. <laughs> so if you look right here, this is symbology for the fact that he's actually a Christ-like figure. Willing to be a messiah for the better good, the greater good of society. Mm, That's deep. Um, so deep. So I gotta get this in here because, yeah, one of our favorite things to make fun of, honestly, is Jared Leto's The Joker because it was always uh-huh. the least subtle, like sixteen-year-old hot topic shopping at the mall. Joker damaged on his forehead, fingerless gloves. 
uh, yada, yada, yada. So these motherfuckers were like, what did we get criticized for? We were, we were, we were not like, we had no subtlety. Like we were just too on the nose. All right. Now he's Jesus. Like I didn't even, is it, are they fucking with us? Like that's even more well, absurd. A fucking Christ. Well, they're trolling. They they're definitely be. trolling because like in the, yeah, because yeah. Uh, in the new trailer that just came out, the last shot is of Jared Leto Joker going, we live in a society that, uh, you know, something, something, something. But like, I, I didn't really know what it was, but apparently we live in a society is like a Joker meme. That's like, that's been happening. I don't know. I don't really understand what the, what it means or whatever, but it's like, it's part of like the gamer society uh-huh. where like we live in a society. And then you say something that's like wrong in the meme. Like we live in a society where fucking billionaires rule, but like, teachers are getting paid nothing it's like obvious bullshit let's see yeah yeah like, you know how can like, we listen to a gopher tell us how much longer winter is but yeah like, like they use that one but we don't even like let women talk or whatever it is <laughs> right right it's supposed to like a superficially deep idea yeah. and then yes. that became the joker yeah. thing which is exactly perfect for that fucking Jared Leto Joker. Superficially deep. Zack Snyder, superficially yeah. deep. So, Guy who would so get laid act- by 15 and 16-year-olds. <laughs> by being Mr. Yeah. 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 Guy who – somebody recently had like the fucking best version of like the dumb guy who like smokes weed and thinks he's being deep. And he said something like, Bro, maybe the monkeys are the one. Maybe we're the ones in the cages, and everybody else is watching us, or something like that. And I was like, God, dude, no, 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 no. Oh my God, my brother Ryan, my brother Ryan said that to me. I may have told you that at the zoo. He was being said the funniest shit ever. He just goes like, we were looking at like the chimps, and he goes, Do you ever think we're the ones in cages? (laughs) He said he said it intentionally ironic, like. Yeah. I'm to be yeah. like I'm like yeah. so philosophically deep, but it, it's just, such yeah, a. I think it was Neil 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 Brennan's podcast. Like he was doing a character of like a guy who like took mushrooms or smoked weed and is like as superficially deep is the the right way of putting it. It's so funny. And, uh, it's, it's so just, fun like, to be just that sets character. a fucking funniest. Yeah, it's like the dumb guy's smart thought. <laughs> it's like yeah. no, we're not oh in cages because we can so leave. You're paid to be here. <laughs> so yeah Chris, like i paid to come in this and then i'm gonna go eat fast food after i'm not in that you know i guess i'm yeah. there's a form of a cage but it's a pretty damn fucking great cage what, what is so wait christian finish your train of thought about zach uh, i think Joker. i was done. about what oh no it's just it, no because they use that line That's they use lame. that line of like society it's like it's like um Trying to think of a, another situation where that happened. Like this I remember it when like. uh, it's like it's like snakes on a plane. It's like when when they were like, "We got to get these snakes off the motherfucking plane." It's like putting it in the movie because the internet thought it was funny. It's like, yeah. uh, you guys suck. No, it's it's like uh, every Sharknado movie. <laughs> no, yeah, like being ironic, like in a way, like being fan servicely ironic to act like you're in on the joke about your art sucking sucks. Like, I don't want you to be like, man, we made a shitty thing. <laughs> We're so funny guys. Everybody. Isn't that funny that we suck? I want you to make something awesome. <laughs> like 
You know what's better than that? The Joker by Heath Ledger. Like that was just no irony real. Like they just tried to make something awesome and they accomplished it. So like, it's like a self-defense mechanism for your art sucking. And what a fun thing to get to do to like troll or do a little joke with, you know, a $90 million budget. Cause for some reason you still keep getting yeah. opportunities by studios, even though I think everyone's agreed you haven't made anything good since 300. I like what, what is this proof? This is like, it's, it's the highest form of privilege, artistic yeah. privilege. Well, the whole thing, yeah, the whole because they have cut. to make a movie. Oh, go ahead, Christian. No, the whole Snyder cut is like kind of a fascinating story. Do you guys know the whole like history behind this new Justice League? Not really. No. I know Zack Snyder. So, there's a Snyder cut, and it's allegedly better or something. So here, I'm trying to do this as quick as possible. So here's what happened. So. Zack Snyder was making Justice League. Batman versus Superman comes out. It wasn't particularly uh, well received. And then what they had planned was for him to make two movies, Justice League part one and two. Um, halfway through the shooting of that, they're like, eh, Zack, let's make one movie. And he's like, all right. So he comes up with this like four hour cut or whatever it is. He's like, he wants to make it three hours. And they're like, eh, let's not do that. So at some point during this production, his daughter commits suicide and he oh, is no. like, he's like, I can't be a part of this movie right now. I got too much shit going on. I was oh, trying Jesus. to work through it. I was trying to like, just, you know, work my, you know, but it's not, it's, I got to take a break. So they were like, Hey man, that's cool. Damn. You know, do whatever you need to do. They brought in Joss Whedon who directed Avengers to write and finish the movie. So essentially what happened is they're like, cool now that he's gone let's try to lighten it up let's try to do the marvel thing let's put some jokes in it let's bring back all these actors let's bring back henry cavill who is currently shooting mission impossible who has a mustache right now and he cannot shave this mustache because he's contractually obligated to have a mustache so we're gonna so he's gonna play superman with a mustache but we'll digitally remove it and it looks weird as fuck oh my God. so oh my God. so then Jesus so now fucking christ so he's now not that good we don't want to make it that bad <laughs> Yeah. But if there's another fucking chiseled jaw jacked guy in LA who's not a good actor too. Right. So so now they have this whole movie and it comes out and Joss Whedon has made his things and he's changed so much of the movie that essentially Zack Snyder didn't not um when it was coming out, but like afterwards was kind of like that was not the movie I had envisioned. The actors came out like that's not the movie that we signed up for. Um and it wasn't well received, didn't went below box office expectations, which is so funny because it made like $500 million or whatever. <laughs> They're like, it didn't do, it underperformed. Um, so, so then people started hearing about this, like, well, what, what did Zack Snyder initially, you know, want to do? And then he's, he's been talking about like, well, I wanted to do this and this and this. And like, they're like, well, where's the movie you shot? So then, Literally, like for two years, people on Twitter have been like, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, meaning like release the Zack Snyder version of the movie to the point where last year they were like, all right, we got HBO Max. Fuck it. We'll release it. And they gave him like, I, I'm speaking right out of my ass here, but like 40 to $70 million to complete the movie. So complete uh, visual effects, bring actors back for reshoots and all this stuff. So he actually wrote new scenes for this thing, this four hour cut of this movie that was 
initially supposed to come out. It's finally coming out on HBO Max in like a month. So he ended up shooting new stuff for it and it's supposed to be darker in tone. It's supposed to be his vision of the movie. This, the fucking thing is so crazy because the internet, like these fanboys just made this, like they called up uh, Warner Brothers. They were just calling them to like release the Snyder Cut. And people were like, that's really not a great precedent to set. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, so now it's coming out. We got out. hire people to say, make Christian and Brett's movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's also like, but the, here's the thing. It's like, it probably wasn't good to begin with. So I don't know what, like, what do you think this is going to be? Like, he's shown that he hasn't made a really good superhero movie. But that's just, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't understand this whole thing because Zack Snyder up until this point, from what I understand is like golden boy after 300, but ever since 300, everything he's made has been a disappointment in the eyes of the fans. Like people hated like his version of the Watchmen. They hated his version of uh, the Batman versus Superman. Like, like as far as I'm concerned, Zack Snyder was like hated by every fan and Reddit fanboy alive. But now all of a sudden, because, because the other thing, honestly, Cause, cause nothing, cause somebody else finished his movie for the shitty, really, really bad circumstances that happened to him personally. But now all of a sudden they're like, Snyder's the man, let him have his cut, dude. Snyder's so good. It's like, I thought this is the guy you guys hated. It's weird because the narrative is like the studio fucked with his movie. So now it's just like the narrative is like, let's see the, um, the, uh, redemption of this movie or whatever, like. You know, let's see the original version rather than the one that was taken away. I don't think it's going to be good. I just think it's going to be more of the same. And and you know, just as a curiosity, I'll definitely want to. I'll definitely watch it just because it's like, fuck it. If there's a different version of this bad movie, I'll watch it. I'm gonna. I want to release the Rabled cut, and it's yeah. the. It's. Uh, I, I my vision was for it to be 75 minutes long. I'm going to cut a lot of scenes from it. And uh, it won't make sense, but it's only 75 minutes. So, hey, you didn't waste yeah. life on it. But I do want to say one last thing about Jared Leto's Joker. It is so funny. I was watching this interview. Well, we all know the stories of like Jared Leto sending a dead rat to Will Smith on the set because he was method acting. I was watching this uh, interview with Michael. No, 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 he wasn't method acting. He was trying to method act. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're both wrong. He was trying to appear as if he was a method. Actor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. That's right. So he was deep in, deep in character and all this stuff. So Michael Jai White, who plays one of the gangsters in dark. Great actor. So funny. Black diamond. He plays one of, yeah, in the the opening, the Heath Ledger's you know I guess second scene where he's talking to all the gangsters and he does the pencil trick. Um, he said he was filming that day, and that like they were like, oh, so what was it like working with Heath Ledger? And he's like, dude, he was like cool as fuck. He's like, he would be doing the Joker thing, and then as soon as like cut, he's like, so what do you guys do want to do for lunch? Like, he, like yeah. he's just like a normal dude. He's just a very talented person that doesn't have to do what Jared Leto yeah. did. <laughs> it, it that's what Christian Bale funnier. said yeah it Christian Bale funny. was like dude he yeah. was so professional on set I don't know what he's talking about yeah he said he, they were like he they asked him about the things like what do you think about people saying it like it, the role killed him he's like no 
He was like, he was having a blast that whole movie. He was like fucking normal. Yeah, he they wanted he, it to be that way. The, the narrative of the tortured artist yeah. was like yeah. putting his soul into the work. And even if it cost him his own sanity, the art is that important to him. It's, right. it's all fucking bullshit. He said, uh, Michael J. White said that he was just like, he showed up and um, got his makeup done which the Joker makeup, I guess, took like six hours or something. Yeah. So he's uh, they're shooting all the gangsters for the morning in the m- lunch or before lunch. And then uh, Michael Jai White goes up to the director. He's like, so what are we shooting for the rest of the day? He's like, oh, we'll shoot the rest of the, the gangsters. And he's like, you mean this motherfucker gotten six hours of makeup and he's not on camera all day? He's like, yeah, he's just that he's just fucking nice. He just wants you to like he's like he's like as the dude who played Spawn. Fuck that. <laughs> like I would not <laughs> for anybody else. He's like, this motherfucker was just that generous to us. Oh, that's very oh, so basically he wasn't even in on in frame like they yeah, were in the frame. other but so he wanted of, them to be able to act you know, you can probably act better if the actual fucking joker's in front of you read. Exactly, yeah. A stand in or or a picture. Imagine what he looks like. <laughs> or just really handsome, normal looking Heath Ledger and you yeah. have to act harder to pretend it's uh, really you know, evil, exactly. nefarious villain. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice dude, apparently. Yeah. Well, if I kill myself, it'll be because of this podcast. And uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, you just thanks your so soul into it. I poured my soul. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so tortured. You, you, you were willing to sacrifice it. your own sanity for the for the quality of the podcast. But I want you guys to have different narratives. Like I want Whitmer to be to like, he was like, it just took, it took so much from him and he gave so much that he just, you know, he's crushed by the burden of his own genius. <laughs> and then I want Christian years later to be like, no, Brett was cool as fuck. Like we would end the podcast. And be like, so yeah. that's pretty good. What'd you guys think? Like, how are you doing? <laughs> he literally slipped on a banana peel and died. Yeah. Down the street. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a suicide. <laughs> I'm like, towards the end, there was like a weird power struggle between Wit and, and Brett. You're <laughs> really uncomfortable to do a podcast with. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, right, guys, dollars. thanks for listening. We went a little over this week, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Um, and, uh, yeah, find me on YouTube, please. YouTube.com slash Nick Whitmer. I have a really cool sketch out that I'm really proud of. You should check it out. Uh, yeah, everybody, YouTube, Brent Rabel, our special. Thank you. ChristianRanComedy.com, King Latifa on all streaming platforms. That's it for me. Like, share, subscribe, rate, and review to the Oh Dear podcast, everyone. Thank you so much. Booyah. Bye.